Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, where we share knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insight to help you on your journey in both sport and life. Introducing your host, Rob Riles. Hello and welcome to another edition of Leader Manager Coach. Welcome along to the podcast. It's great to have you with us. If it's your first time with us, as I often say, a real warm welcome and feel free to dive into the many, many episodes that we have available on Leader Manager Coach, whether you're a a leader in the beautiful game, a manager, a coach, grassroots, non-league, you're a, a business leader, or you're just looking to develop personally, welcome to Leader Manager Coach and um, hope you find what it is that you're looking for. Now, in today's episode, I'm going to talk about leadership lessons from a gentleman who we've talked about previously on the podcast, somebody who is no longer with us on this earthly plane and somebody who I was blessed to have as a gaffer and um, somebody who I considered to be a friend, although, you know, it was at a distance um, in in the latter years. But um, the gentleman in question is Walter Smith. And I think the word legend is thrown about so often these days, but without a shadow of a doubt, this gentleman could be totally considered to be in that category in the arena for what he was known so here are some lessons for coaches managers leaders and people in general from the beautiful man that was Walter Smith some of these lessons are from a book which is an autobiography called Mr. Smith written by the great Ken Gallagher and subtitled The Fan Who Joined the Ibrox Legends and uh, I think it's a really simple book but it's absolutely jam-packed from start to finish with exactly what people who love the game would want to know and people who understand coaching and management. It's a great story and tells of Walter's trials and his successes and and, and gives some frank insights into people that that he worked with. Here are lessons from that book and from having the good fortune of being able to spend some real time with with the man himself. Okay, what are we going to start with? Well, surprise, surprise, surprise. Don't fall asleep. Lesson number one, hard work. In his book, Walter talks about hard work. He talks about work and plateaus and doing the time. And here's a man who reached the very top of his profession. Not only did he reach the top, he was loved at the same time. And that probably is the biggest rub of all with this man. It's easier to get to the top, I think, if you're brutal and you push people out of the way to get there. Here's a man who was lifted by other people because of the way he was but he understood from his roots and from his own challenges as a as a young player that he had to work hard 
he had to redesign himself. So if you're in a process of rebranding yourself, you have to work doubly hard. And here's a man who did that, not really recognized as a player. He had to stamp his authority on the world as a coach. And he did that, but he did it with young players, with young Scotland teams, with young Dundee United teams, with youth teams, with young players before he rose to the top of his profession in the senior game. So all those people who ask the questions, how do you get there? How do you get there? How do you do this? Well, you do the work underneath, you know, and the old adage of after 25 years hard work, I became an overnight success, maybe applied to this man, but I'm sure you understand what we're saying. Hard work. One of the amazing things that stands out about Walter's life is his he's almost on his own because he was this great manager, leader, decision maker who guided clubs as the decision maker to amazing numbers of successes, particularly Rangers, obviously. But the more you know about his career, the more you realize he spent a big chunk of it as a number two and an assistant. And that's a rarity. You look at all the great managers and all the leaders and see how much time they've spent as number twos and been able to switch from one to the other. And it's not many. Now here's a man who supported <laughs> the great Sir Alex, the highly successful Graham Souness, the Scottish legend that was Jim McLean. And, you know, other people too. Um, and knowing the man, what a wonderful number two he would be, blimey. I don't think you could actually ever get anybody better. But to be able to slip into that role and yet grasp the mantle of leadership when it was offered to you. Wonderful stuff. Can you be like that in your life and adapt to, to situations? And here's a man who was desperate to, to be involved at his, his club, Rangers, and who, when the offer came and he was at, with Jim McLean, it never happened. And here's a man who wasn't the decision maker about going at that particular occasion and actually wrote in his book that he thought the opportunity had gone forever because things like that don't come along every week. So a great, great disappointment lay at his door. And yet he worked and worked until it became, or the opportunity was given to him again. And all the while probably wanting deeply in his heart to be in that position, he worked as a number two um, to Graham Souness. Um, and, uh, there's, there's an analogies there with the amazing handover that Liverpool Football Club did, having that great boot room and having that seamless transition over those years from Shankly to Paisley and Fagan and Evans and all that kind of thing and Moran. With him, with Walter taking over from Graham when Graham left, ironically for Liverpool, it was almost seamlessly that Walter stepped into 
into the shoes that began his great, great managerial career there at, at Rangers. So what about more specific things? Well, just before we move on from that, I just want to talk about uh, Walter and Archie because having worked with those two, you know, they were, Walter, Walter Smith and Archie Knox were a formidable pair. And talk about two plus two equals seven and relationships and one shire horse being able to pull 7,000 pounds in weight and two shire horses harnessed together being able to pull 33,000 pounds in weight that was what Walter and Archie were like and um, perfect synergy at times and that was how Walter was I'm sure with the managers that he served with um, great lessons we cannot do this thing on our own and the number of people that we can work with successfully is probably not a massive number so we have to try and look for those but when we find them we have to learn to live with that and, and, and Walter talks in his book eloquently about the volatility of working with Graham Souness because that was Graham's personality so his adaptability shone through the lesson here is how adaptable are you next lesson that really shines through is is thinking ahead and particularly if you're on the crest of a wave if you're being successful that is the time you need to think ahead change happens all the time the world changes things change and trying to change something when momentum is against you is difficult when momentum is with you it's easy to do a good friend of mine talks about making your parachute before you need it no good trying to make your parachute when you're dropping through the air at hundreds of miles an hour it's too late we've all experienced that of trying desperately to cling on to things and make things okay when it's far too late it might be a relationship that's dropping away it's too late we cannot change quickly enough we cannot evolve quickly enough the time is when things are going well so that it's not stressful and we can think clearly and with clarity and we have the time and Walter did that with his teams you know I think there's a great many managers and I think the great Bill Shankly talked about it himself that he, he, he recognised his players getting old he hadn't got the the guts to actually tell them that they were no longer doing what they needed to do and they had to be moved on he had such an emotional attachment and so there was a downward spiral Walter recognised that and, and, and addressed that during his managerial career I mean his longevity in terms of successes at Rangers is just almost unparalleled and Fergie did that at United didn't he over 28 years he never let a team get old he planned for change he knew change was coming and that's what Walter used to do so in your life are you planning for change and being ready and sometimes change just needs small tweaks Walter talks about look you don't have to be majorly different 80% of the stuff that a successful manager will do is the same as the next manager 
it's probably the 20% that makes the difference. Marginal small changes. And this hard work that he talked about gives us great foundation. You have to have a foundation. Walter had a foundation in his character, in his ethics. But he believed in discipline as part of his foundation. Things like that, that, are, that are very specific to, to, to rangers. Shirt and tie for training. A blazer. For match days. Discipline. It's worked for years, so why change it? Little tiny things that made a difference and set them apart. And this discipline probably, possibly came from his relationship, maybe from his upbringing, but from his relationship with, with Jim McLean, this, this amazing Scottish manager that probably requires and deserves a dive into. And here's a man that I don't know a lot about, but reading about him, there's such great parallels and analogies with coach of the century, John Wooden. Walter talks about Jim's education, teaching him about leaving nothing to chance, being completely disciplined, having a long-term patient approach to success, doing all the little things, leaving nothing to chance. Through all his successes, here's another great lesson. Walter talks about questioning himself. It's that humility that shone through in the man that never took anything for granted and was prepared to be self-analytical and question, yet having great faith in himself. There's an amazing balance there to be had. He talks about following his heart. How many of us really follow our heart? Because that is one of the key things that allows us to have a longevity. It allows us to be happy. And happy people make good people. Unhappy circumstances are probably not worth the price. Yet sometimes we all stick at them for, for different reasons. He followed his heart. And I'm sure that was one of the reasons that he was so successful. Are you following your heart. He makes no bounds about it, and I can vouch for this myself. Here is a man who had a rod of steel through him. He was tough, yet he was as warm as any person you could ever get close to. He talked about making unpopular decisions, decisions that had to be made. And here's a beautiful one from the man himself. He talked about not always making the right decision, but making a decision that had all the right reasons behind it. So it's, it, it, it can be summarized as, as I see it, as, as Ryan Holiday often talks about in the Stoic philosophies, just do the right thing no matter what the consequences. And that little phrase, no matter what the consequences, people may question me on that and so be it. 
quite rightly so. But doing the right thing at the time is probably all we can do. If we do the right thing, we can put our head on the pillow, the consequences will take care of themselves. And that's what Walter talks about. What a principle to live by. He talks about recognizing opportunity. He thought opportunity had come and gone, but he still carried on with his work. And cometh the hour, cometh the man. The opportunity was there for him to grasp. He'd done the work. He was ready. He was empowered. He knew it was his time. He stepped up. Parallels with the words of Winston Churchill when he thought his time had gone and yet he rose to become one of the greatest men that the UK has ever honoured. Don't think I'm trying to put these two together for any reason. It's just a parallel of opportunity. The question is, are you ready to grasp your opportunity when? it arrives looking at the specifics he was a man who was prepared to work in a club where he as he said you are always only two games away from a crisis any club can lose two games that's the kind of pressure that he was under in the specifics of his profession he talks about treating all players the same not having double standards and not allowing big personalities and world-class players to, to change the culture and he talks about simplicity that beautiful word simplicity as Ralph Waldo Emerson said simplify, simplify, simplify he talks about a man called Jerry Kerr, who he says was the last of the non-tracksuit managers who didn't get involved in the coaching and the tactics, but picked the right players. And simply put, he said, so much is about the right players in the right position. Right people, right position. Are you in your right position? Are the people in your team doing what their strengths tell them they're great at? I can say personally that what one of the great things about this man was that he trusted people. He trusted me so much, I cannot even begin to tell you. He's probably one of the people that have given me more natural trust than anybody else. And I can't begin to tell you what that does for your self-image. He put me in a very responsible position. He never asked me one question that I can remember that questioned my role. He came and congratulated me or tried to. I wasn't there when he tried to come and find me for something that the team had done. But that was Walter all over. He trusted. Are you able to trust your people or do you micromanage trust 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 it works both ways it frees up you and it empowers them great lesson from a great man
he understood that sometimes you have to move people on. He talked about in his book about moving a gentleman called Graham Roberts on, who because this man, as much as he did great things and was very popular with the club and supporters, did things that and said things that were untenable and would have undermined his authority. He had to be moved on, an unpopular decision. Are you prepared to have those conversations and do those things? And kind of bringing this thing to a, to, to a full circle, if you like, I've already talked about this man's humility. And here's a man who did great things. Was a great man, undoubtedly. And when asked about creating successful football clubs, he said, managers don't create successful football clubs. Chairmen do. <laughs> and whether he's right or not, and I'm sure I've no, no desire to question that, <laughs> he should know. Here's a man who <laughs> contributed an enormous amount to it the success of one of the world's most famous football clubs but that just sums him up humility and you know his love for his his family shone through he always talked about his family and um, he was just that loving man he had a love about him and a presence when you were in his company you knew you were in his company and um, as I've said before, he was a great people person. He didn't effuse about people. In fact, he was a man of few words, but he was present when you were with him. And um, he certainly made you feel like you were on the right track. So those are just a few short, small lessons from having a personal experience with a great man, a great human being, and also taken from Ken Gallagher's wonderful book, Mr. Smith, which as always, if you can get hold of a copy, I'd say, I'd, you know, say read it, it's, it's wonderful stuff. Just start to finish all about the man and his journey. His ups and downs. So I hope you've got a few lessons out of that that you can apply to your own situation, your own career, and your own life. And as we often say, it's all about making baby steps. And you can maybe use leader, manager, coach just to apply one or two things here and one or two things there. That over a period of time, as Dave Brailsford did with the Sky Cycling team, changed the course of history. It's all about those incremental changes and letting things evolve. So those are lessons from the late, great Walter Smith. And uh, I'll leave you to ponder on his wisdom. Thanks for your time. Catch you later. Bye-bye.